That talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Betting the Buckeyes on Buckeye Talk. That means it's me, Doug Maurice, and it's Tyler Shoemaker, the official bookmaker of Buckeye Talk. We do three things here. If you're new to the show, if you're back, welcome. Maybe you need a reminder. We talk about the Ohio State football game from a gambling perspective. That's Ohio State-Wisconsin on Saturday night. Then T. Shoe and I each make a pick from all Power 5 conferences, five picks each, a bet. Hey, we what, try this. And then in the weeds at the end, it's money-making time, upset of the week, and where Tyler really gets inside maybe some off-the-radar games. But Tyler, I, I do want to utilize your proprietary system, the numbers that you create, the algorithm, the T-shoe, whatever it is, the robot that you have made. I envision that you make a robot, and then the robot types things into a computer. You've created that. What do your numbers tell us about the quality of the Ohio State opponent this week, the two and one Wisconsin Badgers? Yeah, well, they're they're definitely better than a, a two and one team that lost to Washington State for sure. I've I've got them power rated thirteenth in the country. Um, the rating, uh, the rating, not ranking, but their rating is around fifteen, uh, which means they're about fifteen points better than an average FBS team, which is kind of in the like LSU USC range right now. So that, that kind of gives you some context as to, to where this team kind of lies. So, you know, if, if we had LSU coming into Ohio Stadium Saturday, think how much juice that would have. And that, that's essentially what we're looking at right here. It, it is. Having rewatched that Wisconsin-Washington State game, they were so much better than Washington State. And they did everything they could possibly do to lose that game with penalties and turnovers. They gave up a gigantic kick return that set up a score for Washington State. You looked at the score, and I was like, oh, this is in week two. I was like, ah, well, I guess Wisconsin's not good. Then you watch it, and it's like, no, this is – I can't believe they lost that game. Now, sloppy, you know – mistakes at inopportune times you have to try to factor that in too but if this line is 18 and a half 19 points for this ohio state wisconsin game does that feel off one way or another to you given that maybe wisconsin's better than the two and one record does it sound about right by your by your ratings so unsurprisingly the spread i think is a little high and i think that's i think it's high for two reasons one ohio state just being the brand that they are they're always going to attract a lot of public money um but two i think People look at all they see is oh well you know Wisconsin lost to Washington State so they must suck. Ohio State just hung seventy seven on Toledo so I, I think I think the spread got a little bit inflated for that reason and I also think the total got a little bit inflated for that reason. Like I th- I think before the Toledo game this total would have been more like fifty five fifty six and now it's up you know fifty eight fifty nine so I, I think it did get uh, inflated. So you know I, I'm not betting uh, this game. But gun to my head, it would be Wisconsin and the under. But um, again, I'm not. I'm not going to go against my team. Is there is there something inside the game that you recommend? A lot of times, you'll find something in the first quarter, in the first half. You know, a little something here or there. I'm very curious about. I don't know how often Jim Knowles, as a defensive coordinator, has faced a team exactly like this. Is there a learning curve there that maybe would lead? lead you to maybe a Wisconsin over early in the game until Jim Knowles just, I don't know, is there anything inside the game that you like on this? Or are you staying away altogether because you're going to be in the building screwing it up? Yeah, no, I, I think you're actually onto something. So again, this has been kind of money for us. Ohio State uh, first quarter over 13 points combined uh, for Ohio State and Wisconsin. So my, my thinking there is 
team, all three teams that Ohio State has played has kind of got they've gotten off to fairly quick starts in terms of you know Notre Dame hits the big chunk play. Toledo, you know, Ohio State scores, Toledo gets the ball and goes right down and scores immediately. So there's been some early success here on on those scripted plays against Ohio State in the first quarter. So if Wisconsin can contribute any points at all to this in the first quarter, I think Ohio State will do enough to get it over the 13. Two touchdowns in the first quarter. I, I think that sounds very, very possible to me. I think I like that because, again, um, I think I'm with you on the idea of I don't know that Ohio State's going to come out immediately and just slam the door on Wisconsin, but I also don't exactly know how Wisconsin's going to stop Ohio State. So uh, how do you factor in, though, Tishu, your presence? Does that fit in the algorithm somewhere because you officially are a jinx for the Buckeyes and you're going to be in Ohio Stadium? Yeah, I... It's definitely in my mind, and you know that's why I didn't go with an Ohio State side here. I went with the went with the total because you know my luck, uh, Wisconsin's going to run the opening kickback for a touchdown, and if they do that, we're we're sitting pretty on this bet. So you know that that's kind of my hedge against my presence. The hedge that's smart because last year you went to two Ohio State games, right? Correct. I, I was at at Oregon, uh, you know, at at the Oregon game and at Michigan, and we know what happened in those two games. I wonder how many fans there are in the history of Ohio State who attended more than one game in a year and didn't see a victory. It is hard. It is hard. Maybe other than 2011. It is hard to see Ohio State multiple times and go winless, Tissue. It is. I'm, I'm in an elite group. You know, the funny thing is I went to the Wisconsin game in 2011 when they were awful, you know, when we were awful and they had Russell Wilson and we won. <laughs> yeah. What a great game to be at. Oh, I feel better for you then. Oh, you were yeah, at the Braxton was... Miller, Devin Smith, Russell Wilson duel? I, I was at I was at the Braxton Miller, uh, Devin Smith game. I was at the Penn State game in 2017, the big comeback. So I, I've, I've seen plenty oh. of, of great ones. So don't, don't feel too bad for oh, me. Okay. You're just on a cold streak now. Oh, you're fine. Oh, no, 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 no. No more sympathy for Tissue. Good luck getting back on track. The one thing that I think is is interesting as we think about the future of sports betting, and we know, of course, that Ohio's going to have it starting January 1. Ohio State, the last couple of years, has made a big deal about the Wi-Fi in Ohio Stadium and trying to upgrade that and let people be on their phones. I think you know they're doing it just in case people want to take Instagram pictures and stuff. But I think every sports entity is doing that kind of thing with an eye on the future and do you think tissue that future will include people at a sporting event live betting the game that they are watching on their phone as a matter of course not that all 105,000 people are going to do it but maybe not just serious gamblers will do it do you think that will be integrated more into the typical live game watching experience I think it's a step further than that. I think not only will people be on their phones placing bets during the game, but I, I think a lot of um, stadiums and arenas will have betting kiosks um, there by just kind of the norm in you know, 10, 15 years. Yeah, just like payphones used to be, right? Just exactly. like you go, you go out, you get, a, you get chicken fingers, you get fries, and you place five bucks on the second half bet. You know, it'll be kind of a normal thing. Will you potentially try to do that or be on alert to try to live bet on your phone when you are in Ohio Stadium before uh, on, on Saturday night? Do you think you could do it? Yeah, I, I mean, that, that's something I'll, I'll definitely have in the back of my mind. You know, I'll be cheering and, and that sort of thing. But 
you know, if if Wisconsin, like I said in, in that example, if Wisconsin comes down and scores, you know, right off the bat and goes up seven nothing, and I can get Ohio State minus fourteen or better, I would I would probably take that. So I want to talk. Let's talk about that real quick. Just that idea, because that is a thing that people who are good at this, like you, do talk about sometimes. You have a favorite. And an, and an 18 and a half, 19 point favorite in Ohio State. That's a pretty heavy favorite, right? We've seen Ohio State favored by 35 sometimes, but that's still a pretty heavy, heavy favorite. Do you, do you almost want, from a gambling standpoint, the favorite to get behind because it creates opportunity? Because there is a give and a take to most games. Unless you shut somebody out, you know, somebody's going to score. The way, that, and, and if people don't understand live betting, the, the, the line is constantly updating. Right when you live bet with everything that happens in a game, is that typically an opportunity that you search for a big favorite that gets down early and then the line goes down? Yeah, certainly. If you know, if I like a favorite but can't quite get the number that I want, live betting is a great opportunity. You know, because I always talk about getting key numbers and, and getting the best number, and I think live betting is a great opportunity, particularly on favorites, to to get them at a better number than you could pregame. Yeah, because it's one of those things. It's like if Ohio State gives up a touchdown drive to Wisconsin in the first drive or two, it doesn't mean, oh, well, I guess Ohio State's going to lose. Right, and that's – Nobody thinks that. No one thinks, well, it's over. Right, and what what I, I think people do with live betting, I think they look at it the wrong way. I think in live betting, you want to do the opposite. So if Wisconsin comes down and scores, we want to look to get Ohio State live. But I think what people do is they they see Wisconsin score and they're like, oh, well, Ohio State's going to lose. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take Wisconsin now at six or seven points worse than I could have gotten them ten minutes ago on the pregame line. So to me, that that that's the wrong way to look at it. Yeah, because I, I, most of the time in sports, if the if the teams are at all competitively matched, but especially again if you're talking about a favorite. People too often in sports think something happened, so it will happen again. Yes. When usually the way the sports the sports works is something happened, so now the opposite's going to happen. Because most games are not 80 to nothing. Right. Most games are kind of close. So there's a give and a take, and I think the live betting takes it into account. Again, we're trying to, if you're a serious better and you're hearing this conversation, you're like, Doug, what are you, I mean, Doug, yeah, duh. But if you're not someone who's done this again, it's going to be in Ohio, it's a lot of other places. Live betting is just a normal part of most of these online apps at this point, right? DraftKings and FanDuel and everybody else that has a live, has an app where you can make a bet on sports before a game, Tyler. Don't most of them have live betting opportunities, or is that a little more unusual? Yeah, I think pretty much any of the reputable sports books are going to have mobile betting just because they see the, the uh, live betting on their mobile app because there's just such such a demand for it. I, th- I think a lot of people I, I know just recreational betters that you know don't have a system or anything that are just throwing a few bucks here and there that, that they live for live betting so um I, I definitely think the sports books want to capitalize on that so pretty much DraftKings, FanDuel any of the reputable ones are gonna gonna offer live betting so and it creates a great opportunity if you're an Ohio State fan and you maybe you're upset that Ohio State gave up a touchdown early in the game, you can be briefly upset and be like, oh, this is a live betting opportunity. I'm going to jump on the Buckeyes. So I mean, betting just makes everything better. No, 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 no. That is not. That is not. I'm going to scratch that. That's not. For some people, maybe betting is fun. Don't bet over your head. That's not what I meant. I can't say those things. We just we want everybody to be smart and happy. That's what betting the Buckeyes is all about. When we come back, I'm not going to be smart or happy because I'm trying to pick games and I'm terrible at it. Next, I'm betting the Buckeyes on Buckeye Talk. 
Doug Lamarice and Tyler Shoemaker back. Each of us makes a pick on a Power 5 game in each of the Power 5 conferences. Last week, I was 1-4. and four. That makes me 6-9 and nine for the season. Tishu, how'd you do last week? Uh, not not great, Doug. I was two and three, uh, but I, I'm still nine and six on the season in my in my conference pick. So still still going strong on the season. But last week last week kicked my butt in conference picks, best bets, my other bets that I made. I got absolutely annihilated. Which happens, right? Does it happen, Tissue, or are oh, you the I, first I, absolutely better to ever have a bad week? No, they, certainly not. Um, you know, ho- hopefully they they're few and far between, but they definitely do happen. And and I I I do just want to say I appreciate our our listeners and my Twitter followers for not like screaming at me all weekend. I was I was totally prepared and probably deserved to be yelled at a little bit. And I was not. I didn't have a single negative comment. So I definitely want to commend everyone on that. That must not be betting that much, which is good. <laughs> yeah, the, the more you bet, the more you yell. Uh, Betting the Buckeyes. That'll be our new little slogan here. So the one thing is, I, I think you make a very interesting distinction a lot of the times when you lose. And it's not an excuse. It's it's an actually it's an astute point that I think people need to consider. You've had some games this year where you lost and you said, I was on the right side. There was a weird turnover. Somebody missed a field goal from 28 yards. Weird things happened in the game that obviously affect the outcome. But And you can't account for weirdness in betting. You have to assume it to some degree in college football, but you would say, I lost the bet, but I was on the correct side. And then there are times when you lose where you say, you know what, my I didn't like my number. I should have trusted something better, or I need to, like, I, I th- especially I noticed it because I lost, I picked uh, Mississippi State giving points at LSU, and we talked about it on the show last week. That turned out to be wrong, and then I saw you on Twitter sort of after the fact say, you know what, my numbers told me at like late in the week, I actually that was a wrong bet, and I should have listened to it. Can you explain that? What the difference is between a bet that you think you were on the right side and a bet where you think to yourself, you know what, I, I was off on that. Yeah, no, and that's that's an important distinction, and I say this a lot, and I think you know people probably are like, well, whatever, just give me a winning bet, dude. But the process really is more important than the result of you know any any given game or even any given week because. Of those exact things. So in the Mississippi State example, for instance, that line opened uh, Mississippi State minus one and a half. I bet it immediately with the anticipation that my updated projections would support that. However, once I got because the lines open before I can get my projections updated. So I have to kind of guess a little bit there on, on the opening lines. So when I got my projections updated, my numbers actually told me LSU was the side. But I just let the bet ride. I could have hedged out, but I just let it ride. You know, there's there's always the chance that it hits. And then LSU won. So the Mississippi State side was wrong. I bet it. It was it was the wrong bet. But then the other side of that is there are bets, you know, we've had last week in particular. So last week on my overall bets, I went seven and twelve. But and I was like really upset about it. But then when I started to dig into the numbers, Five of those games, I had an absolute error, which it means like how far apart from the actual result of the game my projection was. And for context, a good absolute error is like 12 points per game. On five of my losses last week, I had an absolute error of six points per game. So I projected those games within a touchdown, and it literally just didn't go my way on five of those. So, I mean, I was extremely, extremely close to being 12 and 7 instead of 7 and 12. 
how you lose matters. How you lose matters because you try to learn from your losses, right? And sometimes there's nothing to learn. Hey, 20-year-old kid missed a 23-yard field goal. What are you going to do? And sometimes sometimes there are things to learn. Uh, I'm going to learn maybe I need to stop betting with emotions against Brian Kelly. So maybe I'll learn that because I'll tell you what. Mississippi State was up 13 nothing, and I was like, I think Brian Kelly might get fired in the middle of this year. And then LSU scored three times in the fourth quarter and stormed back, and I was like, well, look who's the big loser now. It's not Brian Kelly. It's Doug Maurice. So I went one and four. So I am going to – but I am going to start in the SEC this week, and I am going to continue to bet on a motion. And I'm going to bet on Georgia wanting to be nice to Kent State. Because the Kent State coach this week, Sean Lewis, right? Is that right? I think that's right. Said something like Georgia is the greatest collection of talent that he has ever seen. And also, this is the third major Power 5 conference team in a row that Kent State is having to play. And I know the Athletic wrote a story this week about like Kent State's not going to schedule like this anymore. It's too much of a money grab. It's too much to ask. So I'm not sure how Kent State scores against Georgia. But I think Kirby Smart will want to say thank you for the compliment. Will maybe not want to give a beat down to a team that's having to deal with this for the third straight week. And so if I don't think Kent State's going to score, do I think Georgia's going to drop 60 on Kent State, I think Kirby will call it off before then. I think we're looking at something more like 52 to nothing, you know, or 49 to 3. So I'm going to take the under, under 61 and a half on Kent State, Georgia, based on trying to be nice. How's that for an algorithm? What do you think of that, Tissue? I love that. I, I, have considered betting that myself um, already. And it's funny you say that because 52 to nothing is exactly what I think the score is going to be. So I, I am right there with you in lockstep. So I, I think it's a great pick. Uh, my SEC pick of the week is going to be Old Faithful, really. Ole Miss, Tulsa, under 65 and a half. I feel like I bet Ole Miss unders every week and did like every week last year. And they come through for me pretty much every time. Uh, this line opened 66 and a half. I project it 56 and a half. Uh, and on the season, lot, totals that move in my direction by a point or less have outperformed the closing line by almost nine percent in terms of absolute error. So I'm I'm right there with uh, with the lane train going under. Nice, and that's like like some lane hype. Everybody thinks he's he's dashing and he's crazy, or whatever, and they bet the bet the over, and then you know what? He's just a man. He's just a man. And sometimes mortals like us, tissue, we go under. So I like going under with with uh, with Lane Kiffin. Big Twelve bet. I don't know. I thought I kind of had it with Texas last week, coming off almost beating Alabama. I took UTSA in the points. It was tied at the half, and then Texas just stomped them in the second half the way that we often see like Ohio State do that in the second half where you just out-talent somebody and out-physical somebody, and they pulled away, and I lost that game. So now Quinn Ewers might be back early from the injury, Texas is only minus seven at Texas Tech. I don't know. I'm going to go the other way now. I thought, okay, they got past the letdown. They they leaned on somebody and won last week. We had a Texas Tech bet, bet last week. That was the only bet I won last week was, was NC State versus Texas Tech. So I'll give the seven with Texas at Texas Tech. I'm taking the Longhorns minus seven. I like it. I don't have anything to add. That I, I like it. Um, my Big 12 bet of the week is going to be 
SMU money line plus uh, 105. So basically even money here. Um, they're playing TCU. TCU has their old coach. Um, I was on SMU. I bet SMU live last week against Maryland, and I think they were like two for eight on fourth uh, on on third downs in the fourth quarter, and that like that that just killed them. So I I think the market's kind of out on SMU. The line opened at a pick, uh, and it's up to TCU minus two and a half with like ninety five percent of the money on TCU. Uh, so I'm I'm going to take SMU money line here against TCU. I like that. I like the emotion of that too. SMU after off the loss at Maryland, off the loss to Maryland, and then Sonny Dykes, as you said, used to be the SMU coach. He's now in his first year as a TCU coach, right? You get some weird stuff in there. SMU's all fired up. Um, you know, take down the guy who who left. Uh, I like that. I like the emotion of that pick. All right, ACC. This is a little bit emotion as well. I'm going to take Duke plus seven and a half at Kansas because. Everybody's starting to think Kansas is good. And I don't like underdog teams who now start to have people saying nice things. When te- when nobody respects Kansas, great. As soon as they start respecting them, I'm out. Now, I'm not saying they're going to lose. Also, Duke is 3-0. and And I actually think Duke might be kind of okay. They stopped Temple. They beat Northwestern. I think they can keep it within a touchdown at Kansas. So I'm going to take Duke plus seven and a half as my ACC pick. Blue Devils on the road. I like that. And I, I saw Kansas announced they've already sold out that game. So, like, yeah, there, there's way too much juice there for, for a Kansas program that does not know what to do with juice. Uh, yeah. So my, yeah, exactly. My ACC pick of the week is going to be Georgia Tech UCF under 56 and a half. I uh, opened 58 and a half. I project 56, so not, not much value there on the number. But um, – totals that that have moved in my direction um have outperformed the closing line by almost five percent and i also now that we're in week four i'm actually now able to get some data from just this season and by using just this season's unadjusted data uh, i actually project this total like 44 and a half because georgia tech literally literally cannot score points so uh, i'm going to take them under 56 and a half I like it. I like uh, the Georgia Tech coach might get fired at halftime. So I like unders with coaches who are in trouble. Uh, I'm going to make my Big Ten pick, and my Big Ten pick is only this. I've officially decided that Big that Penn State is good. Shahan J. Haraja and I on the College Football Survivor Show this week put Penn State in our playoff discussion. They have two Power 5 road wins against Purdue and Auburn. I know Central Michigan hung around with Oklahoma in week one. But if I think Penn State is good, minus 27.5 at home against a MAC team, I can see a 45-13 to 13 win for Penn State here. This is not much more than if, if I'm going to officially decide I like Penn State, then I think I have to be able to give this number against a MAC team. Yeah, I like it. I actually bet this game. I, I bet it at the opener at Penn State minus 23.5. So I, I like Whoa, that. Whoa, that was a good bet. Yeah, I... Why did it get on that tissue? Yeah, some some of my openers uh, this week have been have made me look like a genius. Like I bet Tennessee minus seven, that's now like minus eleven. Uh, but then some of my totals that I bet have gone like four points the other way. So it happens. Uh, my Big Ten bet of the week is going to be Michigan State Minnesota over fifty one. Uh, it opened fifty three and a half. Uh, I projected at fifty three, uh, and both teams are in the top twenty eight in my adjusted office offensive efficiency. Um, and again. Mm. 
using just this season's data, that projection came out to like 54 and a half. So uh, like, like the over here for Sparty and Minnesota. Yeah, Mo Ibrahim, Minnesota, right? Getting it going again. I think I think Michigan State's offense is pretty good. They're coming, you know, off a loss to a pretty good Washington team. Uh, did you officially declare, by the way, that you were right about Washington? You were just a year early. Did I see you do that on Twitter at some point? I, I did. I, I, yeah, I, I tweeted that that I was I was just a year early on the Washington, you know, playoff hype. <laughs> yeah, no, I think because 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 you liked Washington when we had you on Buckeye Talk last year. Washington's very interesting. Shahan and I discussed putting them in the playoff mix this week. That Pac-12 might be good. Like, we have to be on alert for that. I'll be curious to see. Like, maybe we can talk about some week. Maybe we should just do that more often. Just dig into your numbers a little bit. But I think between Utah and USC and Oregon and Washington and maybe Oregon State, the Pac-12 might be okay this year. And I think the Utah loss at Florida in week one and the Oregon getting blown out by Georgia in week one maybe threw us off a little bit when actually Utah was in position to win that game and they throw a pick in the end zone. And I think Georgia might beat everybody in the country by 46. So that might not be about Oregon. So I think keeping our eye on Pac- the Pac-12 this year is interesting, which leads us to our Pac-12 bets. And that's why I'm betting on Oregon this week. Oregon is playing Washington State. Oregon is only minus six and a half. And I'm betting on the fact that this line is skewed by two results that I actually don't think are indicative of the two teams involved. Oregon got blown out by Georgia. There might be some remnant of that in this. And Washington State beat Wisconsin when they clearly should not have done it. So the idea of Oregon on the road... Only given up six and a half. I think they potentially are substantially better than Washington State when it comes down to actual play on the field. And I think the res- two weird results are working for me this week. This is my favorite bet of the week. Ducks minus six and a half. I like it. My my number on that's like like five. So you know not not much not much value there. But I, I everything you said makes a lot of sense, and I do think. Washington State's getting a lot of credit for the Wisconsin game, which, like you said, had had some weirdness. And then Oregon getting blown out by Georgia also kind of diminished their value, despite. Although I, I think it's just Georgia's really, really good. So yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, yeah. My Pac-12 bet of the week is also this game, but I'm going to take under 57 and a half. I open 60 and a half. I project 55. Actually, this is one of the ones that I bet at open at like. I think I bet at 53 and a half and then it shot up, which is frustrating, but I, I still like the under. So um, that was one that I bet. And then my projection came out and it was, it was wrong. But um, now that the number has shot up. I do like the under 57 and a half for Washington state and Oregon. When you say you have to, you're, you're kind of waiting on your numbers. Are you manually inputting things? Is it that the robots are off and you have to wait until they're back on their shift? Like what, how does that work for real about how your numbers come in that affect the overall rating? Yeah, it, well, some some of the data is scraped from from websites and then some of the data I do manually have to, to put in. So it's it's a combination of like waiting on certain websites to update from the previous nights, you know, previous days, um, games. And then some of it is taking that and then manually doing what I need to do with it. You know, if you don't have a robot and I don't know if you do, you don't have to tell me if you own a robot or built a robot, but you know, who might be good at that at manually typing in stats, kids, right? You have kids. Would they, could you have them do it? Like a little homework project? I I don't know if there's like a, I don't know if there's like a, 
gambling law that you know my my 14 year old probably legally can't you know put his hands on on gambling numbers i, I don't know mm. i don't know what the law is there <laughs> i i feel like probably the thing i said might land you in jail if you did it so that's probably smart <laughs> to stay away from that robots fine nobody cares about robots but kids probably maybe not with the manual um typing of of gambling numbers okay those are our picks for the week i i will say this tissue this makes me a little nervous sometimes i talk so much i'm not trying to i'm not trying to brag on myself here but I, I will say, sometimes when I present my argument for why I'm picking a game, I do think I sound pretty persuasive, and then I go one and four. So I worry sometimes that my argument is more persuasive than my information should make it. So don't believe me too much, anybody, because I'm telling you, that Washington State-Oregon thing, I, I might go bet like a thousand bucks on that, and I'm just kind of pulling it out of my armpit. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Some 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 people rely on numbers. See, I'm I'm not as as entertaining and persuasive as you, so I have to just rely on numbers. Whereas you have way more charisma than I do, so it it's it's a nice balancing act. But I don't want my charisma to hurt people. You know what I mean? That's not what my charisma's for. It's to bring joy to people. Tishu is going to abandon the podcast now. He's like, you're not going to talk to his wife. You're not going to believe what Doug was saying. Okay, when we come back, we're going in the weeds. It's Idaho State time next on Betting the Buckeyes. Doug, LaMaurice, and Tishu back. Of course, you are going to listen to our game preview. Stephen Means, Nathan Baird, and me we're talking all about Ohio State versus Wisconsin. We broke down Graham Mertz. I talked about why I think Jim Leonard should be the head coach of Wisconsin instead of Paul Christ. We talked about what Jim Knowles is going to try to do defensively against this Wisconsin team. We're dropping two Buckeye talks every Friday right now. So we want you listening to both if you can squeeze in the time, which is why the primetime game is nice because you can listen to one on Friday and then listen to one when you wake up on Saturday morning. T. Shu, what's your upset special this week? All right, upset of the upset of the week is Miami Ohio against Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern's laying seven points here. The money line is plus two twenty two for Miami of Ohio, so you're getting more than two to one odds here. Um, I project this game basically a toss up. I project it like Northwestern minus two. Eighty five percent of the money's on Northwestern. Um, both of these teams are in the bottom half of my offensive uh, ratings uh, with similarly rated defenses. Like I think these are two very even teams one just happens to play in the big 10 so i think they're getting more market uh respect but these are basically the same team so i'll take the two to one odds with uh with with the red hawks i can add a little perspective here because i actually have attended a northwestern game in person this year because my daughter is a freshman there and she will be very upset to learn that tishu thinks northwestern is going to lose because it's been a rough two weeks for her after after nebraska after northwestern beat nebraska northwestern got scott Frost fired like like that started the downhill turn for Scott Frost at Nebraska. Ryan Helinski as a Northwestern quarterback it felt like maybe after that game was ready for something. He's still really inconsistent. And Northwestern has one offensive player, Ethan Hull. And each of the last two weeks, he has fumbled in the fourth quarter. In the Duke game, he fumbled at the half-yard line when they were going in with a might have been a tying touchdown. And it, it sort of it was the final blow that killed them against Southern Illinois last week. I actually think his arms get tired. He has like 35 touches a game. He runs it 28 times, and they throw it to him seven times. They literally do not have another offensive player. I'm not sure they even put other skill players on the field sometimes. So, like, there are there are some fundamental things in there. I actually thought Northwestern would be pretty good this year 
uh, in our preseason bets on the College Football Survivor Show. I think I took their over of four and a half total win this year but man like the the lack of dudes um i think you might be onto something here so that's the upset special of the week now even get weedier weedier than mac versus big 10 give me give me some sunbelt love give me some uh i don't know who give me some mountain west love what you got for us yeah you you nailed it some sunbelt love here um appalachian state james madison over 58 uh, I, I really like this. Uh, it, it opened 55 and a half. I project 58 and a half, so not a ton of value there on the number. But again, now that we have some 2022 data that I can kind of rely on, I'm not I'm not fully on 2022 data yet as like my main projection. I'm still pulling from some preseason stuff. But if I only use 2022 data, I would project this total at 67 and a half. So I, I'm going to buy low here before the market adjusts uh, in the coming weeks. Appalachian State's defense is awful, absolutely awful. So I'm going to take uh, App State, James Madison, over 58. And also App State is crazy magical. So they they get like 20 points a week just because of the pixie dust that's been sprinkled on that program this year. So uh, like it. Sounds good. What else you got? I have Houston and Rice over 51 and a half. Um, it opened 55 and a half. I project 55 and a half. So I'm going to take the four points of value here. Um, the 2022 data projection would be 76 and a half here. Uh, Rice is top five and Houston's top 30 in points added, which is, is my metric for basically like a combination of how good your offense is and how bad your defense is. Uh, so Rice is in the top five of that and Houston's in the top 30 of that. Uh, and Rice is in the bottom three of unadjusted defensive efficiency. Um, just atrocious. So I, I, I expect points galore here. So I'm going to take over 51 and a half. And I also like the frustration index that I have on this, which is people thought Houston was going to be good this year. They're one and two, I think, right? Dana Holgerson did not go to Houston to go one and two. I think he might want to take out his frustrations on Rice. They might hit the over by themselves on this game. Yep. Yeah, so take that, Shahan. That's the FI. <laughs> FI. Take that, Shahan. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Shahan, what, what, Shahan brought up Houston as a playoff contender before the season. We didn't let him in, but Shahan was asking about it. Uh, the, fresh, the FI index on Dana Holgerson right now at Houston is in the red. So watch out, Rice. All right, one more in the weeds. All right, last one. San Diego State, Toledo over 45. So we got three overs here for the best bets. Uh, this one opened 46 and a half. I project 50. Uh, the 2022 data only would project 58 and a half here. Um, Toledo's top 15 in my points added metric, which I explained how good your offense is, how bad your defense is, um, and bottom 15 in unadjusted defensive efficiency, which again, some of that is the Ohio State game, but also their offense is ranked really high. So, you know, if you're going to say, well, Ohio State skewed their defensive numbers, they played against Ohio State's defense and still have a really highly ranked offense in unadjusted efficiency. So I'm going to go San Diego State Toledo over 45. I also am officially taking every Daquan Finn over the rest of the year. Toledo recorder, quarterback, much respect. And I also just would like to mention Kyle Rowland and Dave Briggs of the Toledo Blade, friends of the pod. They're in San Diego for like five days this week. They're playing 17 rounds of golf and then covering the game. I would just like to point out, I get to go to East Lansing this year. So when's Ohio State going to schedule San Diego State? Those Toledo guys, Kyle Rowland has flown halfway around the world and back on the dime of the Toledo blade. But one time I went to West Lafayette, so that was cool. So anyway, that's life in the Big Ten. 
Any other like little like, gambling tidbit? Sometimes Tishu sprinkles a little knowledge of, on us. And I, as, you, as you could tell, Tishu, I was trying to work that in during the course of the conversation this week just because I want to learn and I want the people to learn. And even if you know the stuff, I still think it's interesting to talk about. But this is, you know, some of us are just getting up to speed here. What's another tip you got for us? Yeah, it, <laughs> it's funny. What you just said about the Daquan Finn overs is literally my betting tip of the week here. Um, and that's t- to have a number. You know, whether that's a number you come up with or if you follow my numbers, you know, have a number to where you're not just saying, okay, I'm going to take the over in this game no matter what. Because I've literally heard, and I've tweeted my frustrations with this, I've heard national gambling shows where the host will say, I'm going to take their overs every game, every game for the rest of the year. And I'm like, well, what if the total is 100? You're going to take the over? You know, you have to have a point where you say, okay, I'm on the over. Oh, the line just moved. Now I'm on the under. You you have to have that line uh, in the in the sand of when when you either change your pick or just stay away. If you say I want to take this team's overs, you know, up to this number, and if it goes above that, I'm going to stay away. That's fine. That that's reasonable. And sometimes the best bets are the ones we don't make. But to just say I'm going to take this team over no matter what the rest of the season that that's just irresponsible. And you know, Tissue, sometimes the real reward is the is the friends we made along the way, right? That's also <laughs> I know I know you were just kidding about the Daquan Finn thing, but it, it is funny that you said that because that I heard that on a on a national show, and it, that that drives me nuts because people are listening to people like that, you know, and like us to gain information, and when they hear you know a quote unquote expert say, "I'm going to bet this team's overs the rest of the year," like that's not responsible advice at all. That's awful. <laughs> You know what I like about the show? I like when I say ridiculous things and then you you clear it out for me by saying I know you were just joking. And then I could be like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, no, I'm no, totally joking. <laughs> Jaquan Finn. I didn't mean it at all. See, that's why you're here. Okay. Uh, learn from him, not from me. I went one and four last week. I'm off Brian Kelly. I'm trying to break, stay away. I want to stay away from Brian Kelly now. I'm never going to bet on him. But I'm going to stay away for at least a little bit. We'll see how that goes. My best bet of the week is Oregon minus the six and a half at Washington State. We'll see how that goes. You can follow Tshu. Give us the Twitter handle again, Tshu, because again, you're constantly updating the info on Twitter. Yep, at Buckeye Tie Twenty Three. Definitely follow me there for all of my picks, all all the information. You know, as I'm digging in the numbers and you know uncovering some some trends within within the numbers i'm tweaking those out pretty much immediately so follow me there for for all the uh, information and everything that i bet every week all right he's t shoe i'm doug Maurice, and that was betting the buckeyes on buckeye talk mm-hmm.